Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I don't feel like anyone's talking. They're blockers. That's not why I came to Hollywood. Fucking backwards. Shit. I hate to break it to you. I don't normally do this, um, but uh, tonight I'm going to talk about uh, another comedian and actually another special. And I don't really like to watch a lot of specials, but then I do because um, you want to make sure that you don't do anything similar to people. Um, But then it's so hard that you don't, you can't watch everyone. And then it's also hard because you don't want to be influenced. You want to be your own thing. People are going to have parallel thoughts and, you know, that's going to happen. But, you know, you try to make it as, you know, whatever, personal. Anyway, I just watched Nanette, which is, Hannah Gadsby. Um, I never met her. Uh, I never heard of her. Maybe heard of her in like hipster, like coffee shops or something. I don't. I don't think I have though. Um. But I know that you know. I didn't really know everyone. I knew people were talking about it. I didn't know they were talking about it to the point they were. So I don't want to. You know. I guess I'm coming in late here, but um, that special is that special is amazing. Like that just fucked me up. It's so good that it's making me wonder if I can do a special. Because it's so deep, it's so original, it's so from a point of view that you never get to hear from, it's so painful, it's so brave. We talk about brave and like talk about like this person's brave or this girl you were brave or. He was a brave performer. No. This was fucking brave. I'm not doing this. I I don't like to talk about other comedians, other artists, other actors, musicians. I don't like to talk about any of it. I'm only talking about this is because I'm so inspired. I'm so... I just need to like get my thoughts out about it of like where comedy is now because that special just changed the next level of comedy. And what I mean is, in a, in a, in a great way, um, but it may not be the story for me to tell because 
what she talks about are, are you know, are not, I'm not me, but I wear the skin suit of the, you know, the people that she's uh, not happy with. And she's right. You know, our stories have been told forever. So it's like, it's time for new stories, other stories, different stories, because they're bubbling to come out. And it it's so fucking different and it gets so real for so long and she does not back down. It's fucking intense. I was crying. I can't I can't imagine what it's like to be her. I can't imagine any of that. It's but guess what? It made me want to listen to her. She's really She's really on another level. And, you know, probably what will happen because she does want to quit comedy. And and I believe her 100%. I believe that she wants to quit comedy because I understand exactly what she's saying. It just masks who she is. And she wants to be who she is. And who who she wants to be is not funny. It's another thing. A comedian worth their salt does not want to be funny. Because you're a comedian, because you are masking the pain. You know, obviously she was sharing hers big time. You know, I'm totally different than her, and I've had a very privileged life and stuff. But, you know, I've had my own pain, you know. People have their own pain. A lot of different comedians have their own pain. I don't know Hannah Gatsby at all. I don't, like I said, um, I don't know. I don't know her at all. But, you know, she's not happy with a lot of, you know, straight white males. And I'm one of them. So she might not like me. I have no idea. But if she didn't, I still love her. Because that was amazing. It's It fucked me up. It fucked me up. It fucked me up on a couple of levels. First of all, she's quitting comedy. Which I believe. I believe 100% in her core that she's quitting comedy. Like I just said, because she wants to be who she is. And who she is, is she wants to roar. She doesn't want to have to fucking be self-patronizing to herself. Which is so true. And obviously, you know, do what you love and the money will follow. And now, I'm sure she can sell out arenas. She probably doesn't care. She dropped a fucking bomb and peaced out. I guarantee that she's not doing it for any other reason. She's not doing it as a publicity play or anything. It is. Listen, there's been a good specials, great specials. You know, all different types. There's, you know, different ones, really funny ones, deep ones, dark ones, dirty ones, escapism. Hers is transcending. Hers is... I haven't seen enough. So, 
again, I'm not the comedy special review guy. I'm I'm a comedian too. I'm not. It's not like me to do this. I'm just so fucking moved. Hers is is a game changer. People say that a lot, but hers is a game changer in a great way. Um, because it's so real. Like, you know, she even says, "I'm I'm really angry," but I felt it. I didn't feel like she was angry in a. I thought it was, it was justified. Her story sounds terrible. It sounds like she's been through hell. So her anger seems justified. I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. I was like, yeah, get it, you know, like. It's so good. It's so good, and, and, and I'm just. It's art. It should win all the awards. Um, and like last night I did five shows on a Sunday, you know, like 15 minutes each. And, um, from the haha to the improv to an indie show in a theater to the store. And it was awesome. And I just got a lot of laughs. And I was like, man, some of the stuff I did is not some of the deeper stuff I'm working on. Some of it has some, you know, a little bit of depth. But but people were laughing a lot. And I thought, like, fuck, maybe my purpose is to be escapism. You know, like, I can be, you know, as deep as you want to go. And sometimes it's painful for me just to have to be your fucking cotton candy but I don't know like sometime last night I was driving and I'm like you know maybe I am just a you know a digestible pop song you know you hear and it's great and you have it and then you go to the next one it's either that like that's what my next special is gonna be it's gonna be funny it will be funny. It will just be funny. There will be moments you will think. And I'm wondering how deep I can go because I have a lot of deep jokes. But I try to wrap it in a character. It's like 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 Hannah said, you know, honey to coat the medicine. I, I totally agree with that. And I've said that a different way. I said comedians deliver truth. You know, agave, same kind of thing. See how she fucked me up? She's so good. But I don't... Ha- like, think about it. What's my place in the world? Like, I'm not an oppressed woman from Tasmania. You know? I- I'm a... Like like she said, I'm like a privileged white male. It's almost like I shouldn't be doing comedy because it's like life is too good for me. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's true, though. And it's funny because I talked to my sister about like white men in their 40s. And it's she said this. She said, look, you had a good run. And she's right. Like, I'm feeling like I'm getting to the point where. 
I think I'm okay at being people's pet. You know what I mean? I think white guys are going to be the butt of the joke. You know, they'll play the weird neighbor best friend. Instead of the lead of the movie, they'll be six or seven deep on the call sheet. Um, Like I was watching the trailers last night and I saw Bumblebee and it's got this beautiful young multi-ethnic girl as the lead with Bumblebee. It's awesome. It's like this girl is going to star in a huge robot franchise. And she should. She should. It's a nice change. It is nice. And Black Panther is all black people. But yet it wasn't a black movie. It was just a movie for everyone. Um... I don't think you have to have gay characters in a movie and be a gay movie. I think it just be a movie and you have gay characters. And um, I'm fine with my position now. I really think that white guys are going to be court gestures, you know. Not all of them, but I kind of feel that's where I'm going. And I'll have some deep moments. Because I do have them. Um, and that's okay. I've had a very good run. And I'm, you know, by no means stopping. I'm just saying that this woman's voice was so powerful that it needs to be heard. And I just want to tell you, Hannah, I listened. Congrats. You should get every goddamn award coming your way. And it's fucked me up because now it's like, can I just do my jokes? Like, I have jokes in my act. Like, I do this joke that kills. I actually want to get your opinion of this, people out there. I have this joke in my act where I go, you know, it's hard for me to grow up. You know, because I'm still like, I'm 15, I break dance, and I do like a break dance move and stuff. And then I say, you know, I used to have a girlfriend, and I used to call her the chainsaw. And it's like a combination of a few tough girlfriends I've had. And and then I go into this thing, and I'm like, and I go into this whole chainsaw thing. It's like, you know, and I go into this whole chainsaw. And it kills. It gets a huge laugh from men and women. Um, a lot of women have told me they think it's hilarious. And then I go, I don't need a chainsaw as a girlfriend. I'd like to have an oscillating fan. You know, and I do this whole thing. Where I'm a fan. I go, and I do this little perfect fan. And I go, someone who's quiet. And who will gently blow me. Now, that also gets a huge laugh. It's starting to get rumbles a little bit. What I'm saying is I've seen people lately listen to that joke and they get, I can see some women listen to comedy subjective, but I've seen some like, you know, some women that might be considered hardcore feminists looking at it like, and I just, 
I want to tell you it's just a joke. Like, it's just a joke because it's a funny visual and it's escapism. Like, I'm a dude. Yeah, of course I like. But I really couldn't live with a fan. I couldn't start a life with a fan. I couldn't have a kid with a fan. I mean, there's no fan hole. But I really, I never do this, but I'm like actually feeling weird about some of my jokes because I feel like they're going to set like humanity back in a way. Does that make sense? That's how good her special was, which is all art should do. It should make, it should render you speechless and you can up your game. But, you know, maybe I'm just a fucking dancing monkey. I do accents and, you know. I do know that when I do shows, people laugh and they laugh a lot. I think because I just, it's it, this is where we're at in comedy. Like, I want to know that I'm doing stuff that it, if it is, I'm not one of those people that's like, if I offend you, fuck you, man, you fuck, fuck, fuck. No, if, if you don't like my comedy, I'm going to just literally be in my garage where I'm at now, but it literally will just be my garage. So I have to get feedback. Um, and this woman really fucking, I totally agree. I read a couple of reviews after I watched it and it's going to change comedy forever. And it will. I think why I connected with her special so much is because I do feel like a misunderstood lesbian. No, but she's not, you can't put a label on her. She's just a a human in pain. That's all she is. In a lot of pain. I can relate to that. Um, I guess, you know, a lot of people don't know anything about, like, certain stuff about me, so... um, my life changed forever when I was 10 years old. Long short is, when I was 10 years old, I found I had a congenital heart block. And so I was remember when I was playing baseball, I would run the first base and I was kind of fast, but it felt like I was, I was running in quicksand or... I was a catcher. I remember I would get the ball and I would throw it. I feel like I was like, like, everything was a little slower. And I was like, wow, this is weird. And they started giving me these pamphlets. And I'm like, what's a congenital heart block? And they're like, your heart, most people's hearts beat at like 65 or 70. Your heart beats at 39 beats a minute. And it's, you know... It could get progressively worse. And I'm like, what does progressively mean? And so from that day on, they started slipping me these books. And I remember it was like Jeffrey and his pacemaker. Jeffrey and his new friend. And all these books about like pacemakers. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And my mom's like, oh, they're just books that the doctor wants you to have. I'm like, why? And they're like, Oh, because they're talking about these things in case, not that you need it, but in case you ever need it. I'm like, 
case maker. What the fuck does it go? Old people have. And I, but up until that point, life was beautiful. It was perfect. I'd already been to California once. I realized I probably wanted to be an actor when I was about nine. I went out to California in 1979. I loved Chips. I loved Three's Company. I used to watch He-Man. I used to listen to George Clinton and Parliament and Funkadelic. Um, I did little odd jobs and made like two bucks an hour, which in 1979 was fucking a lot of money. Uh, I ate cheesesteaks. I drank uh, Dr. Pepper, Mr. Pibb. I fucking love Scooby-Doo. I love... I just discovered... I think it was Pong. I don't think Pac-Man was out yet. Pong. Um, I had a dope BMX bike. Like... The 80s were coming among us and it's fucking insane. Um, I love going to the beach. And then when I got that news, I felt different. I didn't feel different. I was treated different. Um... You know, people started looking at me. I would wear these monitors all the time. I would have this stuff and, you know, long story short, things started changing, you know. Nothing weird. Sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Things got weird in ninth grade is when I had to have this operation and I got a pacemaker and I've had it ever since, since I was 14 years old. Not a lot of people know that. Um, But being in that hospital, I watched kids with open heart surgery. I watched a kid with two pacemakers. I made friends with another kid. And then, you know, I I was in the hospital. I was supposed to be there for two days. I was in there for 23. Um, So why am I saying all that? It's because that's probably where my comedic roots were formed. I wanted to be a performer before that, but that's when I used to make a lot of jokes, just like Hannah said. Clearly, my story is not Hannah's. I'm not trying to piggyback off Hannah. I'm just sharing because I can see totally where she comes from. I don't know her story at all. I don't. I can't feel her pain. This is. Um, she's. You know. This is her. She just opened up a floodgate, and her story needs to be heard. My my story's already been heard. I'm just saying that she's inspiring to me. But my, that's where I would make people feel comfortable by being funny about it, you know. You know, people would call me Pac-Man, you know, and I'd be like, want me to gobble your dots? And That was not a good joke, but, you know, people would call me Pac-Man, they would call me Mr. Roboto, and i go, Domo, arigato, mister, you know. Steve Austin, Jamie Summers, because she was a $6 million woman, and I'm a woman with my name. Um, But all of that comes down to is that that's where I believe my comedy 
started and was formed. And in order to have people not do this to you all day. How are you feeling, Jamie? Can can you breathe? Are you all right? Uh, you go like this. Huh? And they go, Jamie! Just kidding. Yeah, whatever. You fucking, you do jokes. It's not for you. The only reason I did jokes and comedy was to fucking make them feel comfortable. You feel comfortable. Um, and I used to do it, a, 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 like, with my mom all the time. Like, I remember my mom would never take me to McDonald's. You know how good McDonald's is. She would never take me to McDonald's. And I was like, Mom, can we get, like, a, you know, cheeseburger and fries and milkshake? She's like, no, we have good food in home. And I'm like, I know. And I have, Mom, can we go to McDonald's? Please just get cheeseburger and small fries. And go, no, we have good food in home. And day, like, I went to the hospital, and they were telling me, like, I might have to have a pacemaker. I'm like, Mom, can we go to McDonald's? Like, Whatever you want. You want a Happy Meal? You want a double cheeseburger? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, we were passing a Dairy Queen. I'm like, Mom, my heart hurts. You want a milkshake? Whatever. You-. It's really, you know, Mom, we'll go to the Adidas store. Mom, my chest hurts. You want a sweatsuit? You know, they buy the pain. When I was older, you know. I meet girls in high school. They wouldn't want to kiss me. I'm like, I'm dying. They're like, okay. (laughs) Emotional manipulation. So, I don't think people really want to be a comedian. This might piss off people or whatever. I think comedy is the last stop on the train before fucking working at Burger King or heroin. Like, there's nothing romantic about being a a comic. Like, a comic's life is... It's, it's if you're really a comedian, if you're really doing it, it's fucking isolating. It's painful. It's escape. Now look, it's more popular than it's ever been, and I do think that it's getting much more. It's actually nice. There's groups of people, um. And podcasts, they're making it more of a community and doing shows here and a spot on this show and that show. So maybe it is changing. But comedy is a place where a a lot of what society would call crazy people, miscreants, the island of lost toys and broken birds want to be heard and they choose comedy to do it because it's a way to manipulate the audience into hearing them when I see like a rambling homeless person at Starbucks I always look at them and I say to myself we're all a move away 
We are all one move away. I don't care how much money you have, how much fame you have, how much you don't have. There's a comedian that I've been seeing for 25 years. I see this guy at the coffee shop every couple months. If I go there more, I'll see him. Hilarious. Intelligent. Fucking so witty. Crazy as a shithouse rat. But if someone took him, molded him, completely lived his life for him, and all he had to do is just be a comic, the guy would be massive. But to me, comedy is just a lunatic's escape. And if you're heard, you can escape your asylum. But even then, when you escape it, look at some of the most successful comics ever, how they ended up. You never really do escape. There's been some painful deaths in comedy. You have to ask yourself why. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.